It's the other side of midnight with Frank Morano. This is the other side of midnight. I'm Frank Morano. We have spent a lot of time talking about conspiracies on this show. We've spent a little bit of time talking about the occult. We've spent a ton of time talking about aliens. We've even spent a great deal of time talking about censorship, particularly in the age of the Internet. Well, it turns out our next guest is something of an authority on all of those subjects. He's the publisher of a website that has just become sort of a viral sensation. It's called IlluminatiWatcher.com. He's also the best-selling author of The Dark Path and the host of Occult Symbolism and Pop Culture, a podcast that has a lot of people thinking and talking, and it was a podcast that I'd never even heard of before yesterday, and I am making short work of this podcast podcast because I don't know if anything covered on here is true, but I know I can't stop listening. I am uh, very pleased to welcome to the program Isaac Weishaupt. Isaac, it's great to talk to you. Hey, Frank. Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. Isaac, I have heard the term Illuminati over the years many times. And, uh, you know, you almost hear them mentioned sometimes like the Bilderberg Group, the Rothschilds, the the Freemasons. And they turn out to be central to many different conspiracy theories. You're the Illuminati watcher. For the uninitiated in our audience, Isaac, what is or what are the Illuminati? Yeah, that's a great, great way to start out. So if you're talking about the sort of uh, factual textbook answer, that'll be the 1776 group founded by Adam Weishaupt, which, you know, to the astute listener, they probably say, hey, this guy's name is Isaac Weishaupt. Well, uh, that's an alias. It's not my real name. Uh, it's a very poorly chosen alias <laughs> for a conspiracy theory guy, because <laughs> as you could imagine, everyone thinks, oh, I'm a disinformation agent. But uh, it was just a poorly chosen name because I didn't expect uh, when I started this whole sort of research journey in 2011, I had, I had no expectations that I would get a following and a podcast and write these books and do all this crazy stuff. So it's it's been pretty strange. But uh, w- when I say the Illuminati, I'm referring to a sort of a – a, a long line, a tradition of thought leaders going through, you know, Age of Enlightenment. You could talk Bilderberg. You could talk Bohemian Grove. But basically an idea of a secret cabal who I believe uses uh, knowledge from dark and occult forces. And occult, of course, meaning hidden. But it's the idea that they understand there's a practice uh, of sort of dark arts. You could you could call that ritual magic you could call that, you know, different sort of, you know, it goes in all kinds of different belief systems like Kabbalah and Rosicrucianism. Uh, but, but the idea is a, a group of people who are trying to steer reality into a different direction through the use of, you know, practices that go down hundreds of years. The You mentioned your research journey into this started around 2011. What sparked your initial interest in this? How did you get started? I actually started the, so, you know, I grew up in the, I was born in 79. So I was, I grew up, you know, watching X-Files and things like that. So I was always interested in aliens, but uh, I was, I was actually in the military and I was serving overseas and a buddy of mine put me on to Bill Cooper, who wrote a book called Behold a Pale Horse a very famous conspiracy theory textbook from uh, the 90s. And, you know, Bill Cooper was was shot and killed by the by the, uh, the FBI. I think it was the FBI, one of the ABCs. Uh, you know, and that's a whole conspiracy in and of itself. But, uh, you know, I read his book, and he talks about this 
this sort of overall agenda for mankind of sort of creating this false utopia, a global new world order, possible ties into aliens and, and Satan and all this kind of different stuff. So he was the first one that sort of opened my eyes to that idea. Then a few years later, a buddy of mine gave me a VHS tape of David Icke called Freedom Road, which was before David Icke was famous. He had, I mean, it was the, the video was him talking in front of a, a monitor. I mean, it was really low, low budget. Mm-hmm. And, and he was he was doing a great he did a great job of synthesizing all the information and adding some historical text to it. Um, and so I've always been intrigued by it. And I just it was it was just a fun thing for me. And then I watched Ancient Aliens, of course. And then uh, I had a two year break before I started grad school. And I, I started the website IlluminatiWatcher.com because I was just having fun blogging about topics that interested me. And of course, that that included conspiracy theory. So, you know, I would have fun just looking at music videos or movies and saying, oh, look, at you know, here's that symbol that David Icke talked about or whatever and talk about, you know, elaborate on some of the theories that others have presented. And and, and it kind of it kind of exploded from there. And I've written nine books and you know, done all this stuff and started the podcast, I've been banned off of everything you can well, imagine. Yeah, no, I, I, I find that uh, fascinating. Now, not that you're a spokesperson for David Icke or the late Bill Cooper, but I have to ask you about this because anytime either of their names get mentioned, uh, people bring this up. There's always been with uh, David Icke in particular allegations about anti-Semitism. You know, he talks about the uh, the reptile creatures and a lot of people tr- try to make the claim that that has something to do with uh, with Jews or at least is indirectly related to the Jewish people do you do you put any stock into that that uh, any of the theories that David Icke puts out there are anti-semitic in nature you know when you when you look at the, the history of conspiracy theories that's kind of the first and original conspiracy theory and I read a book um, well goodness uh, called Suspicious Minds by Rob Brotherton. And he goes through the, the mindset of a conspiracy theorist. And, and he does a good job debunking the the history of anti-Semitism. Uh, but, but you do find that sort of, you know, DNA in the blueprint of most conspiracy theorists. And there's some elements, and, you know, I don't think we have time to go through it today, but there's some element of, elements of it that I get where they're coming from. To me, it's a, it's too much of a distraction, mm-hmm. and I think ultimately division is what the quote unquote Illuminati wants. And, and Bill Cooper, uh, to, to go back to Behold a Pale Horse, he has a, I have the original print which has the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which in his book is called the Protocols of the Wise Men, and that's an anti-Semitic document. It's been debunked, you know, and, and you know, ultra paranoid conspiracy theorists will say, well, yeah, that's what they want you to think, but whatever, right? Um, and in it, at the beginning of it, at the preface, he says, he says, you know, you could change all these terms that talk about the Jewish people and just know that they're talking about the Illuminati. So, so I question how anti-Semitic Bill Cooper may or may not have been, but I do think that he's ultimately pointing to the ideas that there's an Illuminati group, because that's what he says in the preface of that. You know, you can replace the word uh, Jewish with Illuminati. And I think he's just trying to lay down the foundations for the idea that there is a a sort of group that's in the shadows and they're doing this insidious march of mankind down a path towards a global one world order. And you can't deny that that is actually happening. So, you know, whatever name you want to assign to the group, uh, to me, it, I don't think it matters necessarily, uh, but, but it is more important to be being aware that this seems to be happening. Tell me how your Greek Orthodox faith has played a role in your search and research into these subjects. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. So, 
I, I converted to Greek Orthodox when I met my wife. She's Greek, and um, it was in 2003. I went through uh, the adult sort of catechism and all that. And, um, you know, I, I was very pleased to see that there, there was a – I don't want to say that there's a, a conspiracy theory angle in, in the Orthodox faith, but if you read a lot of the texts of – uh, some of the thought leaders in the, in the community, you'll see that, uh, like Metropolitan Isaiah, I was just reading the other day, he has a whole article he wrote 20 years ago about the end times and about how there is this push that in the end times you'll see a, a one world government and, and different ideas such as that. Uh, ultimately, there's a the, the sort of king of conspiracy in the Greek Orthodox community is Father Seraphim Rose. He wrote a book in the, I think it was in the 60s, he wrote this book in the 70s. Um, the, uh, I can't think of the name of it, the, something about like the uh, orthodoxy and the religion of the future, I think mm-hmm. is what it's called. And he lays out exactly, precisely what has been happening the last 50 years. He's talking about how entertainment and media is uh, introducing ideas of occultism to create a sort of lukewarm environment towards that. Uh, and an example I'll give you, he talks about science fiction and Star Trek and Star Wars and how, you know, these things seem like good fun. And, and look, they are right. I'm, I'm, I'm probably the worst Christian you'll talk to tonight. And I enjoy all these awful things that I'm not supposed to, but his idea that I, that I believe in wholeheartedly, because I'm, I'm just as guilty as the next is you watch this stuff and it softens your attitude towards it. And, uh, that that's sort of being rolled out is, is his argument. And it's, it's part of a plan, a Luciferian plan for a new world order. Well, I want to ask you about that because I, I have studied kind of the role that science fiction has played and been very interested in what that might be doing to the minds of the population. By the way, if people are just tuning in, we're talking with Isaac Weishaupt. He is uh, the publisher of the website IlluminatiWatcher.com, uh, best-selling author of The Dark Path and uh, host of the Occult Symbolism and Pop Culture podcast. By the way, uh, tell me about that uh, podcast, Isaac. I know it's very popular. I've enjoyed the few episodes that I've gotten to listen to in the last couple of days. Is there a lot of occult symbolism in pop culture? And can you give people a couple of examples? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And and that's what, um, and for me, that's my sort of niche because I don't like getting into geopolitics and these things because A, I'm, I'm not an expert in those things. Uh, but I am an expert in consuming, you know, senseless pop culture at times. Uh, but if you understand some of the occult ideas and concepts of ritual magic and symbols and how they work on the subconscious level, you can find a lot of these ideas buried in many popular shows. And that's, you know, I started the podcast out of necessity because I was getting, um, you know, I was getting kind of shadow banned and kicked off of YouTube. And 2014 is when I started the podcast. And I've always liked writing. I'm a writer. And I never, I didn't want to do podcasting. I didn't want to have a face out there or nothing. But that's kind of where all the limitations led me. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a huge podcast now. And, you know, so g- give that. us give us a couple of examples of occult symbolism in pop culture that people might have noticed, or they might notice if they go back and consume those things again. Uh, so if you if you watch um, Star Wars, right, because uh, we talked about that earlier, they talk about this the Force, right, and what they're talking about is an, an impersonal sort of sort of God, sort of a God Force. There's not a 
there's not a holy trinity, there's not a Christ figure, and that's how it is in most science fiction, right? And what what they're referring to is the perennial philosophy, and this is, again, another sort of a cult doctrine idea that um, there's a, a sort of unified field. It's a it's more of a scientific version of, of God, which is why it shows up in science fiction. Another concept you're going to see oftentimes is Gnosticism, which is, you know, if you go to understand what Gnosticism is, it's basically an inversion. And they believe that um, the God of our world is a false God. He's a, he's a God who has us tricked into this sort of simulation world uh, to worship him and keep us away from the real God, which is out there in what they call the Pleroma. And you see ideas of that simulation world in, in movies like The Truman Show. It shows you the prison planet, and you'll recall Ed Harris's character, who basically plays God. He, his name is Christoph, you know, spelled like Christ. And Truman is the true man. And he goes through what they call the alchemical process. He's going through a self-awakening process. And the woman who guides him is the Sophia. And that's, again, another another concept you find in Gnosticism is the goddess of wisdom, Sophia. Uh, and you'll see stuff like that in, in Westworld. And, I mean, it, it's kind of all over the place. And then you've got more of the blatant sort of satanic symbolism like you would see in uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch show that was on Netflix. So um, why do they do it? Why do the producers of these shows hide these symbols in popular culture programming? Well, they're trying to warm up generations to these ideas and these concepts. Harry Potter is another good one we could talk about, uh, because if you if you read through um, the history of that book, J.K. Rowling, the author, she talks about the symbol used on it. It's called the Deathly Hollows symbol. And she she flat out says it came to her in a dream and it's a, it's based upon a Freemasonic symbol. And Harry has this lightning bolt uh, scar on his head. That's like the lightning bolt of Lucifer. And the goal in the whole story is for Harry Potter to reach apotheosis, to be reborn and to connect into, to what they call the divine. He find, he he unlocks the powers of the occult. Uh, you know, Nietzsche called this the Ubermensch, the, the Superman, uh, Helena Blavatsky and Adolf Hitler and Aleister Crowley. They all talked about these sort of ideas, right? Uh, but it's, and, and it works, right? You had a whole generation of people who, you know, younger than me, my generation kind of missed that Harry Potter thing. We were too old for that. But the younger generation is very obsessed with Harry Potter. Look, it's fine, right? Like, it's it's a fun story. I get it. Uh, but you find that, you know, and I have friends that, that, that love this show and they, you know, sort of embrace some of these ideas of astrology and, and tarot and law of attraction and new age thinking. Uh, and, you know, it's no judgment. I, I get it. Like, some of that stuff is practical. Some of the uh, new age concepts I, I practice myself. I've done meditation and things like that. So, but if you want to, if you want to look at it from that holy, you know, Christian monk like perspective, like these things are specifically condemned in, in places like the Bible and in the Christian faith. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in 
NYC. Isaac, um, I know that you were, and you alluded to this a few minutes ago, largely canceled from 2016 to 2021. Why were you canceled? Why were you kind of internet blacklisted? And uh, why are you back now? Well, you know, it's funny because I've always tried to be the guy who's not what they call black pill. I try to have a good time with these topics. I try to keep it light. I try not to be judgmental. I not, And like I always say, it's like, man, I don't care if you if you worship Satan. Like, we can have a conversation. You're not like my enemy, right? And, and I try to be inclusive to people. And uh, there's something that, for whatever reason, they, they want to shut down that kind of messaging. And to me, I believe it's because I think divisiveness is what they want. They want us fighting and arguing. They want extremist viewpoints. And uh, I just don't do that. And I, that's the only thing I can think of because I, I've been shut down on uh, YouTube and Vimeo and uh, a whole bunch of these platforms that, that kicked me off. And, and it's for the reasons they can, you can never get an answer. You, you know, uh, I had 76,000 subs on YouTube and I had access to this like studio in LA that they were going to let me film in. And uh, all of a sudden I make a video talking about the symbolism of witchcraft that you would find in Taylor Swift's music video. And I, I didn't say one negative word about Taylor Swift. I just said, here's the symbolism you see in the video. Here's where it connects into witchcraft symbolism and have a good day. And it didn't matter. Like they, they were able to shut me down because there is, they use these celebrities to be our modern day gods and goddesses. It's like the pagan Roman pantheon of gods and goddesses. And they, and they need people to not understand what's going on so they can progress this sort of one world order idea down the tracks. We've spent a lot of time on this program talking about uh, aliens and what's happening with UFOs. You've indicated that you think the whole UFO agenda has its roots in the occult. Uh, tell us how. So if you if you get into some of the new age thought of uh, quantum physics, uh, which I have, I've read several books like this, um, uh, Dr. Um, Oh, I can't think of his name. Joe Dispenza. He wrote some books on this kind of idea. Um, I took physics in college, and quantum always intrigued me. But there's this idea called the unified field, and it's basically this concept that that marries Newtonian physics with quantum physics, and you can find a sort of answer to reality and what it is. And in a way, it supports the ideas of magical thinking, meaning you can, there's an observer effect, right? And the best example I can give is Schrodinger's cat, right? If there's a cat in a box and it's full of radiation, you know the cat's dead, but the cat is in a state of what they call superposition. He's, he's, he's alive and dead at the same time. And it's only when you open the box and look at it and confirm it, you, you do what they call collapsing the wave and, and he's dead, right? Um, there's an observer effect involved in the phenomenon, I believe. I believe that that's what they're trying to warm us up to understand. I think quantum physics and the concepts of the occult have been playing with this idea for decades. I think this goes back to Jack Parsons, who was doing what they call the Babylon working rituals, where he and L. Ron Hubbard, the, you know, the guy who created Scientology, they were doing what they call the Amalantra working. They called it the Babylon working, but it was a play on the Amalantra working from Alistair Crowley in 1946. And the next year we had Roswell. Well, the idea, and, and, I'm, and I'm summing up, you know, I, I wrote two books on the sure. subject, so I'm summing up hundreds of pages here. The, the, the U.S. government sent a group called Collins Elite, allegedly, out to investigate this sort of thing. And, you know, this is a different time in America. It was a much more sort of religious nation. And over the decades, this religious voice of the Collins elite kind of directed the Pentagon to say, hey, 
you don't want to mess with this stuff. This is occult practices. They're sort of channeling demons and talking to Satan and all this stuff. And in the last 20 years, things have changed. And you'll hear people like Lou Elizondo, who's one of the main uh, focal points for this new, what do you call disclosure? Mm-hmm. He, he said this in interviews. He's talked about how, yeah, there used to be these people that worked at the Pentagon and they, uh, they think that we're talking to the devil and they're kind of, you know, finally letting us practice this stuff to, you know, figure out how to talk to these, these entities. And, and I can't, this is all connected to, and, and look, I didn't come up with none of this stuff. I'm standing on the shoulders of giants, like sure. like John John Keel talked about this in the Eighth Hour. He talked about the ultra terrestrial theory about how fairies and ghosts and, and Bigfoot and aliens. This is all basically something happening on a different dimensional level, and there's certain practices one can do to open up these gateways to see these things to make contact with these entities and i think that's what is going on and i think they have to find a way to convey this to the public and i think it's just going to take time when we talk about aliens for instance do you believe that there have been extraterrestrial visitors to this planet or do you think this is some sort of um, you know an attempt to condition the public's mind along one end or another man that's that's the million dollar question i i do believe and of course, what the what the heck do I know? I do believe that there's been extra dimensional entities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I used to do, like I said, I'm a, I'm a terrible Christian. I hope no one looks to me for that ever. But I used to do ghost hunting back in the day until I got too many weird things happening to me. Back in uh, 98, I was doing ghost hunting. And um, I experienced a lot of crazy things that I thought, man, there's something going on in this unseen realm. And, and I can't help but think that that's exactly what this, this sort of, you know, alien uh, UFO sort of thing is. And don't ask me how it works. I, I don't know because you've got the sort of nuts and bolts ideas like Bob Lazar, right? He talks about how he was reverse engineering a, right. a, a gravity engine and stuff. And he seems like very believable. Like I listen to him and I think, man, this guy's telling the truth. Uh, so I don't know how that marries into the idea of these things coming in from other dimensions. I, I have no idea. And, and I don't think that anybody does. I, I think that's why they've kept it quiet for so long is because that looks weak to, and I don't think so, but I think they think, look, this looks weak. I, I, they can't come out and tell us, hey, there's these things going on, but we don't really know how it happens or what to do about it. I think they would think that it looks weak and it would cause chaos. You mentioned the the Truman Show, and I know some of your podcasts have explored the Matrix theory and the idea, you, you used the term prison planet a, a, a few minutes ago. I have always wondered about the possibility that maybe this world that we're living in now is some sort of a computer simulation. Maybe it's not actually real. What's your best guess about what we about this world that we're living in? Do you think this is base reality or is this something else? And what do you think the something else is? I, I do think so. My perspective, which changes on a regular basis right now, I'm reading uh, Robert Anton Wilson's Cosmic Trigger for the first time. And he, and he talks about how the idea of a singular reality is impossible and it's not accurate at all. We all have different realities we live in. And um, but to answer the question at this moment, I think that our bodies are because I've had some experiences with this that and the other and so this is just my personal feeling it feels like um, our body our spirits are put into these bodies and these bodies are sort of filters right and and I'm speaking from a an electronic engineering perspective the 
our bodies are sort of filters and and we're, we're almost like antennas so we're, we're put on this in this realm by god to experience this creation and then when our experience is over our spirit will then go into i don't know some other realm some other dimension but i think it's meant to be sort of limited and confined to this realm to sort of i don't i don't pl- play this game almost is the best way of describing what i think is going on and um, yeah, I mean, you could argue up, down, left, right as to what this means and why, but I, I do think that, you know, when we die, our spirits move on from the material realm into some other realm, and this is a limited experience we're supposed to have right now. Isaac, we're going to have to leave it there. I uh, very much appreciate the time. I hope you'll come back. There's a lot of other content that I'd uh, love to explore with you. If people are interested in learning more about your work, by the way, What's the best place to start? Is it the website? Is it the podcast? Is it one of your books? Where's a good place to begin their Isaac journey? That's a, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. I'd love to come back sometime. Sure. Um, so if they're new to conspiracy, they can go to IlluminatiWatcher.com, and I've got a free email newsletter that I run and manage. They can sign up, and when they sign up, their first email will give them access to download my first book for free. Wow. Uh, it's, it's very much a beginner's guide to conspiracy, but if they're more advanced, they could pick up The Dark Path. I I, uh, I wrote it. It's on Amazon, Audible. I, I did the narration on Audible, and then I do weekly podcasts. On, it's called Occult Symbolism in Pop Culture where uh, we go through just different examples as, as things pop up and movies I watch and things like that, and it's a good time. So, yeah, there's, there's lots of options out there. IlluminatiWatcher.com, my guest, has been Isaac Weishaupt. Uh, Isaac, thanks again. Cheers. Thank you. If you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you're welcome to give me a call, 800-848-9222, 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead.